Greetings, greetings, and welcome to a brand new episode of Out the Box Talks. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, as always, to Out the Box Talks, it means a lot. It means a lot to all of the viewers and listeners, man. I really appreciate y'all. Thank you for consistently checking for us, man. Um, every Friday, we put out a new episode, so we try to bring you someone talented, someone that represents hip-hop in its most creative and quality form. And the guest we have today is definitely no stranger to that. I've been definitely rocking with this brother for a minute now. So it's always cool to kind of have those who've been supporting the movement and who's been recognizing for a long time back on the platform. Um, before we jump into who our guest is today, though, I do want to make a few shout outs about Out the Box. So uh, make sure y'all go check out our website, outtheboxmedia.com. Uh, if you want to get acquainted with all of the recent episodes we've done, or all the previous episodes we've been doing since 2008, 2009, you can just go to that website. You click on the show, the TV shows tab or the radio or podcast tab, and it'll take you back to all of our episodes. Um, also, if you are not a member of Out the Box Media yet and you you want to, you know, be a, a extra arm of support, right? Um, we do have a Patreon page called patreon.com slash outtheboxmedia. That's where you can find our Patreon page. We have exclusive interview clips that have not been available to the general public. It's only been available for members, those specifically who are members of our Patreon page, and you will get exclusive interview clips. So none of these interviews have been out there for people, you know, like I said, the general public to hear. So um, you can, you know, support us by becoming a Patreon member. It's a small fee. Uh, it's just a, you know, opportunity for you to extend your support, right, and help us to continue and further the moves of Out the Box. Also, if you, you know, just love what we do and you appreciate what Out the Box stands for, you can also send donations to Cash App at our cash tag, which is cash tag Out the Box Rep, or you can do it through PayPal at paypal.me slash Out the Box Media. This, this info will be listed in the description of the video. So whether you're listening via um, the audio podcast or via YouTube, via Out the Box TV YouTube channel, it'll be in the description where you can easily click on these links. Also, um, remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts for our high-quality audio podcasts. So all you got to do is go to whichever streaming platform you use and just search up Out the Box Talks, and you can um, follow and subscribe there as well so you can stay connected with Out the Box, all right? So, um, and one other thing I forgot to mention, our Big Cartel page is where you can find some of our merch. We do have, you know, out-the-box t-shirts and hoodies, sweatshirts. We got, you know, snapback hats like the one I'm rocking right now. Uh, so if you love what we do and you appreciate it, you know, you can uh, lend an extra hand by just purchasing some merch, you know, um, to, to rock your out-the-box gear. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to get that out the way. As I said, I have an artist that is a part of the show today that, um, like I said, I've been rocking with the brother for a minute. He has been doing his thing for, I want to say, well over 
at least two decades now as a as an artist, as an MC, as a businessman. I mean, he wears so many hats, and um, I'm just excited to have him on the show. We're gonna talk about some of his recent releases, but I mean, he has been doing music for quite some time. But we're gonna be talking about some of the projects that he's come out with in the last few years. Uh, most notably for me was the Youth Culture Power project he put out with Jay Rawls, which was my favorite album of 2019 when it came out. Then he dropped the album with uh, Elo Kush, who's another artist that we featured on the platform a few times. In fact, I learned about Elo Kush through this brother, and he put out a project with him called Ebony Ronin in 2019. Then he put out a project called That Magic with vocalist Tiffany Page in, in 2020 last year. And at the end of last year, we got a project called Level Up. It was like an EP, more of like a seven or eight track project, but really dope as well. And just recently, not too long ago, he put out a project with Blue, who is most of y'all know is an MC, but also a producer uh, called King JR and Blue produced this project. So we're going to talk to him about these uh, last two projects that he put out and some other things as well. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening and viewing audience my brother a new york native just a i want to say even just a tri-state area native right <laughs> repping um like i said who's been doing this thing for a long time a lot of y'all that have followed him early in his career know him as little Sai, but now he just goes by john robinson so i want to welcome my brother to out the box talks welcome jr john robinson Oh. Peace, 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 peace. What's up, what JR? Up, How are you, brother? Welcome. I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I I gotta say, for all the years that I've been rocking with you and been following you, I don't think I've gotten a chance to give you a uh intro like that. So <laughs> I know it was a little long, but I had to do it for all you, brother. Indeed, man. So what's going on, man? How how are you? How is life at this particular point in time for you? Yo, things are well. I, um, I was just saying to a friend earlier, I feel more focused and creative than ever. You know, like just because of what you said earlier, um, I do a lot of things. And sometimes people would look at it like, oh, you do so many things, you're always busy. But it's more... I do a lot of things because I'm constantly planting seeds and pouring into different buckets piece by piece and just building these things up. And it's getting to that point now where creativity comes, you know, um, and expands beyond just music. So it's been a great time. So I'm feeling great and just inspired and learning, sharing as much value as I can. And, um, continuing to stay sparked and creative of course in the hip-hop forum you know yeah. definitely definitely man that is so dope to hear man and i want to talk to you about those elements that you talk about beyond just like you know the different elements of creativity beyond just the artistry but um before we you know before we even get into that um i know you got this new project out with blue produced by blue um, and it's entitled King Jr. Like I said, yes. it came out not too long ago. Talk to me about how this particular project came to be and how you and 
Blue decided that you guys were going to collaborate? Word. Um, definitely, you know, it was it was Blue's idea. Uh, we met, I met Blue very early in his creative journey. You know, I met Blue in circa 2003, uh, you know, late 03, early 2004. And um, I knew Blue long enough to just see him, you know, in his early stages. And I, I remember literally the first time hearing him rhyme before he's recorded anything. And it was definitely like, wow, you know, I knew at that point, and I told this story recently, uh, we toured, I, I, it might've been the first time Blue went on tour, but we toured the West Coast. It was myself, Aloe Black in exile as Eminon and uh, Wale Oyajide. And we did a West Coast run pretty much from San Diego through Seattle. And on that tour, I really got to see Blue live in action. And over the years, just seeing his output, his creative mind. I trust his creative palette, you know? I feel like um, we're kin in the sense of he loves jazzy vibes, you know? But then also like just the abstract way he does his thing. And I didn't really push back on the, you know, the creative process. I really went with what Blue delivered, you know? I trusted the the vibe that much and i was impressed with what he delivered because some sounded like what i heard myself on just instinctually but then others were a challenge mm. you know so that was cool too to just have this writer challenge of what am i gonna say on this what conversation matches this how does all of this marry how does all this music marry each other and sound like this cohesive project you know wow man it's interesting you say you said that in terms of you know when you said that you heard when you heard the beats it sounded like something you already heard yourself on and I think that immediately connected with me when I heard the project as well I was like oh these are some abstract kind of jazzy type beats but I feel like I've heard JR on this yeah. was that did he did blue did Blue communicate that to you? Like he he saw that based on what he he's experienced with your music in the past. In a I guess in an indirect way, this mm. this is the album's called King Jr. Because I fought against it, and you know Blue basically he told me that I I reminded him of the demeanor of King Junior, mm. but then he said also. Yo, at this present time, these are the best beats I've ever made so far. And I'm giving them all to you like a king and saying, let's go. So I was wow. like, you know what? King JR it is. Let's go. You know? That's an and honor, yeah. It was, it was dope to me because, yeah, I felt like not that these beats were catered and all made specifically for me, but I felt like, yeah, he came to me and said, I got this idea. I think you'll sound dope and let me, you know, pick the joints, but even the order of how the tracks flow, you know, I recorded the music, et cetera, but I wanted his input on that. So I let him pretty much put the sequence together and how it flowed and how he heard it. And I thought he did a great job at the cohesiveness of the tracks. Again, mm -hmm. there's a lot of tracks that have that certain similar aesthetic, but they're very different. You know, definitely, definitely very different. Yeah. 
I think I think that makes a lot of sense. There is a cohesiveness in terms of the sound, but when you yeah. really hone into it, you can see the difference. So a lot of the instrumentals sound like they have that sort of a free jazz vibe to them. Did mm-hmm. Blue ever explain to you what type of instruments or sounds he was going for for this project? You know what? It's funny. Um, couple couple OGs hit me up like, yo, I can't place none of these samples. Like, what's the deal? You know, <laughs> we don't sample Snitch, but Blue hasn't even told me like any of the sample sources. I know maybe one or two just from hearing it, but it was, I think it was more of a, just his personal love for jazz and just, you know, Blue Note label, et cetera. You know, you could definitely catch Blue in a classic Blue Note t-shirt or, you know, just really uh, flaunting those uh, 50s, 60s jazz vibes. So I really, I'm speaking for him and assuming saying, no, we didn't talk directly about it, but I really feel like this was his way of, yo, I'm expressing my love and my feeling and connection to the music by putting my touch on it and how I hear it and how I see it, you know? And I love that it was done in a way that, again, it it reminded me of how KMD would produce their albums, you know? Like just these interesting, you know, buffet of different jazz samples, et cetera, stacked on top of each other just to create this soundscape, you know? So it put me in a zone of some of my like favorite 90s vibes. Dope, dope, dope. Now let's talk about the cover art. Um, It's a pretty intriguing um, cover art. Like talk to me about what's happening in the cover art and like what inspired it. Absolutely. So, you know, we we knew that from what I explained earlier with the title, Blue and I both knew that we wanted King Jr. to be referred on the title. And it wasn't necessarily this direct tribute, you know, yo, you're gonna listen to John Robinson rap about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know? But it was more of a nod to um, a mindset, you know? King Jr. is a mindset. Um, King Jr with the headless king on the artwork basically is saying, put yourself here. You know what I'm saying? Put yourself in this position mentally. And we're in a time where if you're not thinking about empowering yourself and others, then what are you really doing? You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're not thinking leadership more than not, then what are you really doing? If you're not thinking, how do I control my narrative and my destiny? I can't put my hand, my destiny in the world's hands or society's hands. It's really about how do I hold it down for myself, but then also where are my allies? What's the collective energy? So in originally the, the rhymes were written like freely, but it was what I wanted to say conversation wise um, and it's a lot of abstract messages. It was done in a way where I don't want you to get the meaning fully right away. You know, like perfect example would be Martin and Malcolm. You know, to me, Martin and Malcolm means balance. Mm. You know, we were always taught that, oh, yeah, one thought this way and one thought the other way. But when you really peel it apart, it's balance. And they both had, 
you know, the peace and the war side, you know what I'm saying? So mm. that was my abstract painting of that. But Locksmith, a uh, good friend of mine, super producer, engineer, Floyd the Locksmith, um, based in ATL, he did the artwork. And again, it was a concept I had in my head for a while, but it was really based on put yourself here, you know, put yourself here in this position mentally. Mm. Be, be on the level up, for lack of a better expression. I like how you threw in um your la your project in December. <laughs> that was nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Um let's let's talk about some of the actual lyrics and mm -hmm. and you know, as it pertains to some of the songs on the album. Ye, the I think I don't think this is the first track, but it's like one of the first tracks. It's called Mike Talk. You yes. um you say in the hook in in enchanted Enchanted perspectives of grandeur. The answer to your questions got you putting your hands up. That's a pretty clever little line when I heard it. Yeah. Um, but I wanted you to kind of expound on it. What is the question that relates to the meaning of this line? Yeah, it's it's talking about the power of mic talk. Like I, I tell all my young homies in the game, you know, the easiest way to introduce yourself to the whole room get on that mic and do your thing and say your part and people come to you. You don't even gotta go around the room and shake hands, they'll gravitate to you. You know, so it's that, uh, the answer to your questions got you putting your hands up. It's that, it's, that it's that energy that resonates with you. It's like, yo, it's the answer to your questions. All them things that you've been thinking about or uncertain about, and it's not always direct. It's, it's an energy and mm. it's the reason why, it's the difference between people connecting with you while you're on stage or live in the place or not. But it's also understanding as the MC, not everyone's gonna connect like, yo, throw your hand. Sometimes people are chilling and they kind of consume it all and you get off stage and they're like, yo, that was amazing, et cetera. So, the mic talk was just really speaking on the power of the tongue and just how seriously this is a global power that mm. we possessed as MCs that communicates with the world seamlessly. Use it responsibly. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, man, it, it's, as you talk about that, it just solidifies and, you know, reinforces how powerful hip-hop music is man um especially yeah, man. when you know you're able to receive it in in that form right in that live form um yeah. which we haven't been able to for 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 at least a greater part of the you know la well last year and now things are starting to open up people are being able to see that so um i just thought it was clever that you you pose that question within the form of you know, the live performance, you know, mm -hmm, and, and, mm -hmm. and, and layered it in the actual hook. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, man. And it was, you know, it was a scenario too of, I wrote that, you know, this was before present time. Right. Um, but I like to write about the intricate things that's on my mind in abstract ways and, you know, sometimes make people ask me about them. What is that? 
yeah. know, on purpose. Like just how you asked about that. It's like, yo, what made you say that? Like that. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely clever. So um also on that song Mike Talk, you say we don't sleep on up and coming. Um give them the science and math and the reason to become something. You know, and I, I feel like this is uh this is something that you've not just said in your music, but you've kind of fashioned yourself in this way for the last set of years, specifically yeah. with the project that you did with Jay Rawls, the Youth Culture Power Project. Like, you've kind of been an example of, like, being an example of empowerment to youth. So I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, what what are some examples of the upcoming people you've worked with and, and some of the values you've helped to instill that has inspired uh, and been helpful to their success in the past. Like if you could just yeah, share man. like loosely some things you've been involved with. Yeah, no, that's, that's a dope question. And I think the, the origin of that mindset started with working more on the business spectrum of things, particularly with shaman work, right? So it's like, as an MC, there's always a competitiveness that comes with it. But the moment I start working more from the uh, perspective of label, president of the label, you know, and had this more so executive mindset. So when I step into the buildings, it was now looking at who are the dopest young artists that I never heard about, you know? I, it put me in this mindset, one of my favorite things to do while living in LA was going to the most underground spots and just chilling and being a spectator and not necessarily doing anything more than going to listen and check out new talent, you oh, know, oh. Um, who's new on the scene, what's the vibe, what are they doing new or the same or different? And it was always um, inspiring because I got to secretly take that energy back to the lab and create. But I say that's the same, um, mindset as when I'm saying that, that's the youth culture power talk. You know, mm. we don't sleep on up and coming, meaning directly meaning stop trying to understand the younger people or younger generations music with this divine clarity as if our aunties and uncles and elders knew what we were doing when we were their age. They said the same thing. It's very secular, you know? So it's like the stuff that our generation of hip hop complains about is mostly our fault. Like real talk, it's mostly our fault. We're the elders, we're the parents. We have to set the trend, but more so we have to build the bridge. We're expecting the kids to build the bridge for us and respect us and comply because we said so. That's not how it works. Where's the relationship? Where's the connection? You know, and so that's what that meant. We don't sleep in up and coming. We give them science and math and a reason to become something. Meaning, I'm showing you from example, yo, I got love for you. And I'm pointing you to the blueprints. I'm letting you know you do have to make mistakes, but not all of them. Because mm -hmm. some of them are silly and you can jump over those. But the ones that you do need to make are the ones you need to learn, to develop, to build. You know, And I think these, these type of conversations need to happen more from the OG perspective, you know, there needs to be more of an apprenticeship, not just for the arts of hip hop, but for the mindset of hip hop, 
you know, how do you develop this hip hop mindset and move and navigate in the world in the 21st century like that? That's how I teach. Mm. So I know it works and I know it's a thing, but young people need to know it's a thing too. And so does our generation so that we easily see what's happening here and what's not. Dope, dope. You know, as you, as you mentioned this, like, I'm thinking back about YCP again, and I know you guys have put out a book. Like, what um, what what has been the most rewarding thing for you about that experience, collaborating with Jay Rawls for this Youth Culture Power project and book? Like, what's been yeah. the most rewarding response you've gotten out of that whole process and experience? That it's doing exactly what. I knew it would do, which is, and you know, I, I didn't want to put this on the project, but I already knew to the public front facing, it would be one thing, yeah. but behind the scenes to the EDU world, it's been a gem. Wow. It's been a gem. And I'll say this, you know, we, we've been working with principals, administrators, teachers, hundreds of teachers. And over this past year, We've been able to, we have the audio book version coming soon. Um, we've been able to create both a virtual experience where Rawls and I are present and workshop professional development with teachers and administrators. And then now currently moving into this school year, we'll have an online course based on the book as well as a companion activity guide to really get teachers Right. Not only ideas on what they can do to spark more engagement and creativity in their classroom. The challenging part that I'm really still working on now is how to teach them how to fish, how to teach them how to zone and be there and think in this way and have this mindset. You know, so it's been a jewel and it's only expanding, you know, uh, shout outs to Jay Rawls, who is a, a professor now at the Ohio University. That's what's uh, up. Patton College of Education, and he'll be using a lot of what we've written in the intel out of the book to teach teachers on a, you know, higher education level, which is amazing, you know, and I think it's a thing now where we're continuing to expand an enterprise off the, the, those two media ideas, the book and the album, and it's a beautiful thing because the music allows us to directly show how to teach culturally responsive because a lot of the teachers that we work with don't listen to hip-hop mm. so they kind of get to understand like oh okay this is something totally different i'm out of my shell and this is kind of you got to get uncomfortable sometimes to really dive in especially when you're not in tune with the culture of your students that you build with every day you got to do different things. You got to try different things. Got to be open. Dope, dope, man. Shout out to Jay Rawls, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. You guys are like a, to me, like, dynamic duo. Like, y'all, whenever y'all come together, like, to me, it just works. It just works effortlessly. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been dope, man. It's like we've really developed a brotherhood, you know? Like, yeah, we're yeah. brothers, you know? And it's it's really been dope to not only work together and do great business and music, et cetera, but really develop fan bond, you know, definitely, and we're definitely. connected. We build whether it's business or not. Dope. Dope. So 
getting back to um, this new project again, the the King Jr. You you have a track called Young Black and Gifted. I think it's abbreviated as YBG. Yes. You, you um you have a line where you say um on that song you did this project with Blue via Dropbox. I'm assuming yes. you know trading your vocals and his beats in that mm-hmm. way. But uh, also, um, you said hopefully the next time the beats will be on you, and that exactly. was pretty pretty dope when I heard that. If no that doubt. does happen, like how would you want your production to complement Blue's vocals? Like, what angle would you like to take the sound? You know what? I would I would produce really sounds that it's a variety of things. I feel like you know, in my mind. It wouldn't just be one direction. It would be a variety of different tempos. Some things are a little faster and kind of match his energy in a sense, not necessarily sound and uh, aesthetic wise, but the variety, you know, just have, yeah, some some are slower tempo, some are a little bit faster. Some might be abstract, like what am I gonna say to this? But more than anything, definitely have a free creative touch to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm very addicted to drums and bass sounds. So yeah, the drums and bass are gonna yeah, those are gonna always stand out and just have a certain feel to it. Dope. I'm so glad you 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 spoke on that because I have to say, for me, I've always recognized you more as an MC, right? And I think most of your fans probably would say that too. But um, yeah. I never got a chance to really ask you about your production style, right? Like, I know you just talked about, you know, the drums and the bass, but how mm-hmm. would you define your sound or is that something you're still developing? Yeah, I mean, I would, no, I would define it as um, someone who has always been connected to how well, like a producer, like an early Pete Rock and how mature his production was. And he was a kid. You know, he was making like joints that, you know, moms and pops would play at a barbecue beat wise. Like you could just play those instrumentals and they just got so much soul and vibe to it. It felt like, you know, oh, wow, this is a soul record, you know. And I always loved that about Pete, Q-Tip, Diamond D, you know, all of DITC, but specifically Diamond D and just the way he did his thing and just the maturity Dilla too of course i always would say like these cats matured the underground you know so that's kind of how i would describe my style too is like a mature underground it's a way of celebrating the music that came before so a lot of times if i'm sampling something i'm making my version of the song i'm sampling in a sense you know and um kind of thinking more continuum dope dope for those that may not know, like, what are some songs or projects that's out there that you've put out where it's just you on the production? Like, no if doubt. you don't mind sharing. And you know what? There's there's not a lot, but there will be more. Um, I'll, before I answer, I'll say this. Yeah. For many years, especially entering into production, um, it's funny, but it's so real. Um science of life we first got into making beats and recording ourselves etc in 99 and shout out to my brother invisible hands aka four winds he got so good at beats so quick 
It was like me and Inspector Willoughby said, you know what? You do the science of life beats. We'll still make beats, but not for this, you know? And it was mostly kind of, we leaned on him for the production. And I know for beats, for me, beats became more therapeutic. Mm. I'm making beats late when I'm not creating in that way. Mm. And I'm, I'm really, I, we called it under the study. You know, we would spend time to really, how does this MPC Akai machine work? Like what are all the things I could do, you know? And it was really more about learning the equipment and applying it to pretty much anything. So I feel like right now, from 99 up until now, there's not a machine on the market that I can't turn on and figure out how to use, like for real, you know? And it's been a blessing to have that. And I think now I'm at the point just comfortable um, zone-wise that I want to share more in that way. But Ebony Ronan with Elo Kush is the main project I have that I produce the entire joint. Um, and then there's a remix project with myself and Buddha Monk and Four Winds. Um, I have some beat albums out that you can find on Bandcamp and streaming platforms. Uh, the main one that came out more recently is called Rhythm, Jazz, and Politics. Dope. And um, yeah, I, I plan to do more as it relates to producing other people, but I plan to finally too just release a record or several projects where I'm making the beats and rapping on the joint. And it's funny, that's something that I haven't completed and I, I've already been given the jewel. Um, rest in power to Ross G, right? When I met Ross G, Ross G's, he's younger than me. And, you know, it was the young homie vibe, like, but also comrades in the music. He was wow. DJing for Soul Uprising while we were living in LA and it was tight. But then after I moved, you know, Ross was such a heady guy in the music every day. He was just mm. in the lab, in the music. It was just about the music. And by the time I would start visiting again, you know, he would just say little things. And I'm like, damn, you're right. I'm going to try that. So one day, jokingly, I said, yo, Ross, man, what's the next level of John Robinson musically? He's like, oh, that's easy. You need to get one of these little machines. He pointed to the SP-404. You need to put your beats in there and push the button and rap to your beats on stage all over the world. And that's what you need to be doing. And I was mm. like, damn, that sounds crazy. But I got halfway there. I got the four four. I got the beats in the machine. I just ain't wrapped on them yet. So wow. that's something that I look, you know, as pretty exciting. And I, I also, I'm excited because I have a few things in the bag right now that I've been working on slowly but surely that I'm super excited about. So it's just a good time, but you'll hear more beats from me for sure. Nice. Definitely looking forward to that, man. So, um, getting back to the songs on the King Jr. album, yeah. Um, there's a, a a track called Cotton, which I yes. think it's is it Blue that's kind of like singing on the hook. Yes, it yeah. is. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you say on that song, "In the land of the sacred, that mastered the science of desensitizing hatred." Mm -hmm. And there's another line that you 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 go to that is, is pretty um 
um, strong as well. Um, I wanted to ask you about that line specifically, though. When you reference the sacred, who are you actually referring to? And what is the greater meaning of that line? Yeah, man. In the land that is sacred. Um, wow. This, I'm, I mean, the easiest way I could explain it is, shoot, this land is our land. And we've been taught otherwise. We've been taught to dislike this place because it's not ours mm. and we're not connected to it ancestrally, etc. And in my heart and soul, and just through storytelling, you know, from the Southeast specifically, being in tune with Gullah culture, etc. And just mm -hmm. hearing the stories and doing research, it's like, no, 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 no. We were here. We've been here. We occupied every four corners of the mm -hmm. planet you yeah. know so it's more of a this is a sacred place don't get it twisted but the newcomers the colonizers have mastered the science of desensitizing hatred mm. you know where it's almost like it's so in your face blatant that you don't even feel it no more it's normalized like hatred and violence is normalized here you know and there's other places too right but I mean, how many of our young people need to continue to see people die on social media, mm. like in HD, mm. you know what I'm saying? Or just the most violent, crazy next level things that you don't even see in movies right on their phone screens, you know? And this is the world we're living in now, but we're not being mindful of what, what happens. What's the results of this two years, five, 10, 20 years from now? You know, how does this affect society on the whole? And those are the things, again, these intricate thoughts and things I think about written down in these abstract ways, yeah, you know, yeah. make, makes me want to go eight-ish word up because I don't want to get um, brutalized and heard up in the midst of the devil shackle, like some type of bait and tackle, no time for the hassle. I'd rather marry my queen and build castle and by building the two here in the apple. You know, and it's more like aspirations, hope, you know, like really keeping that optimistic mindset of saying, yo, no matter how crazy things get, I'm still going to be my optimistic self. I'm still going to think about and say more what I want to see happen than what I don't. Mm. You know, speaking about that, when 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 you write rhymes, right, um, is there kind of like movies, you know how you watch movies and you're mm -hmm. like, man, you always kind of want to see a good ending. <laughs> I mean, most of us want to see a good ending. Like, yeah. is there, is there like an optimism endpoint to your, to your rhymes? Like, do you, do you always kind of hope that you end your rhymes in an optimistic way. I'm not saying for everything, but is there is yeah, that yeah. sort of like a pattern that you try to follow at times? Speaking of optimism. I guess, you know what? At one point, yes. But nowadays, man, I, I let the vibe do Just it, go. You know? Meaning, I don't even... And some people think, oh, you crazy for saying stuff like this. But I don't even take full credit for all the rhymes. You know, I feel like some of this information is channeled. You know, if you MC and you're a writer and you've been doing this, man, we've all had those moments that you're like, wow, I wrote that. Like, that's crazy. You know, it's yeah. channeled, man. That energy, it's like energy doesn't die, man. This is ancestral. This yeah. is, you know, it's in our DNA. So I 
nowadays, I'm more about, I'm the get up and walk away if it's not coming out. Like, right, it's right. okay to turn off the computer, whatever, yeah. and come back to it. Like you don't gotta finish today. And I never work like that. That's the beauty of, I guess, staying ahead of yourself and your creativity. I always got some shit, like, you know what I'm saying? There's never a time where it's like, oh man, I ain't got no music. Like that doesn't exist in my world. Like there's always something. And that's why it never feels, I never feel creative pressure because I'm, I'm legit staying ahead of myself, but not because I'm on this timeline or I got to hand a record in it. No, it's because I literally have created for myself a lifestyle of saying, yo, it's all connected, literally. The youth culture power, EDU, on down to writing a rhyme in the studio, it's no different. It's all a part of the lifestyle and it's all me. Dope, you know? dope, dope. Do you ever, like, when you write rhymes, do you ever feel, do you ever go through those moments where, like, you'll take mad time to write a certain song, and then one time, you might, it might not take as long, and the mm -hmm. one that just, the, the, the verse that was, like, really easy to write ends up being, like, the best one, <laughs> like, you oh, know, yeah. like... I know um uh brother J uh, Elo Kush and Ross Beats they did an album together called The Law of Least Effort and you yeah. know that whole concept of like you know putting the least effort in but just like you know like going Getting with the, the flow most out. yeah yeah the like bigger output yeah. yeah I would say definitely yeah. and it's funny you mentioned that specifically I remember um doing sessions with pvd for the modern vintage album mm. this is like you know i don't know seven years ago now but in that session there were at least four or five songs on that record that i i wind up using the second verse or third verse as the first verse wow because it was like i was so into the first verse trying to make it the thing and then the second or third, I'm just like, man, this is it. I got the vibe. And then it's like, damn, this sounds like the start off verse. Like, and it was like the later verses that I put less effort into in terms of time and really right. overthinking things. Those were the best verses, yeah. like real talk. They were, and they, not only were they the best because of how they came out and flowed, but they pointed to the concept and theme of what I wanted to say better. Dope, and it's dope. like I had to go through all of that overthinking to get to the zone. And now it's like, so I would say this too. If you're, you know, creating music, you're writing rhymes or songs even, sometimes consider that. Like the verse you write later might be the one that better coins or sets off Word. the theme or the concept. Yeah. You know, that's like the warm up. A lot. Yeah, it's like the warm up, you know. Um, you know, exactly. you you get yourself. I guess in sports, you get yourself warmed up, and you know now you on the court, and it's easy going because you you prepared yourself for the for the moment for the I guess the main, the main stage, you know. Exactly. Indeed, exactly. indeed. So, um, getting back to the music on the album, um, the another another track is called Motherland, um, and on that track you say, the mission is bigger than hip hop. Yo, gotta savor the infants from the dark side of life and all its contradictions. Mm -hmm. How does your contribution to hip hop serve a progressive purpose that's greater than hip hop? That's a great question. 
Um, it's looking at, again, hip hop culturally first. You know, I, I for me as a music person in hip hop, as an MC, making beats, et cetera, you know, coming up, you always focus so much on the music and the entertainment part. And, you know, even to this day, when people who are not truly connected hear hip hop, the first thing they think is music. They don't think culture. And so it was really like a development stage of me really understanding that, no, culturally, this is why it's global and it's as massive as it really is. It's the communication of it, you know? It's it's the same reason why, you know, people in other countries who don't speak the language still speak hip hop. So if I'm in Japan and I say, make some noise, they're gonna make noise. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Put your hands up. They like they, you know, it's like these phrases catch phrases they, they understand. Yeah, they they learn the language that way. I've had people in other countries tell me I didn't speak English. But listening to people like yourself and the clarity you have and other rappers from the States helped me learn English, helped me learn to communicate better. So I'm like, when I see things like that happen in real time, that's the connection I speak of. But even scenarios like Youth Culture Power, which keep what keeps us passionate in that and what got me full throttle into that is realizing that my skill set in that space serves better outside of the classroom because when i'm in a classroom i'm in a place in a classroom just me there with that small group of students if i'm able to share a lot of this intel with jay rawls and myself sharing with other educators in the field who really don't easily have that mindset of how to point to hip hop culture in their class, how to point to youth culture in their class, and more so how to leverage it and utilize it to engage and build relationships and all these amazing things. And most of all, understanding the process it takes to get there, mm -hmm. it just allows me to think differently and really see that, yeah, through these different avenues, we can maximize things more. You know, another way is. I like, especially these days, I'm going to turn it up more. I like to share value with my fellow creatives. You know, I, I know a lot of creatives who are super brilliant, but sometimes they get stuck. Well, what should I do next? Or what ideas? I love that. You know, I consider myself a brainstorm general. Put me in a meeting with you. Let's build. We'll find a great idea, you know, and that's just one of the things I love doing. So even with that, it's like, how do I help empower people? You know, and it's more so just with the motivation I have from always wanting to create, always wanting to write down the next idea and try something and put things in the world. That's what keeps me um, really motivated and up and running. But those are those lines. That's what I'm speaking of and describing when I say things like that. Dope, dope, man. Uh, also on that song, I'm not exactly sure the situation you're, you're, you're referring to, but the line that stood out is when you said, I've been tried, yo, but that's the problem. I tried. Should have just yep. did it so vivid like a Harlem River drive. And um, 
I think it goes back to the what we were talking about, like that law of least effort and, you know, mm-hmm. doing things, just going with the flow. Um, tell me, as it pertains to this line, though, why do you say that trying was a problem as opposed to just doing it? Because, you know, trying is an attempt to fail, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like you're I never you're thought trying, about it like that. Trying is an attempt to fail. And I guess, again, it goes back into mindset. Don't try, just do it. But you doing it is still a try. It's right. just framing it in a different way. Because try is almost saying, ah, I tried, but I ain't make it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's It has that negative stigma on it. So it's like, nah, I should have just did it. You know what I'm saying? I already knew. I already had it. I, and that's the thing, too. It's putting you in that mindset of saying, yo, what do you want to happen? Whatever you want to happen, that's what you should be saying more. That's what you should be pushing towards. Mm. If you don't want to try and fall off and it don't work, then don't say that. How do, do you it. how do you create that mindset that separates the two? Like the mindset that may come with the try, which as you said, is mm-hmm. like failing, versus the mindset that comes with the doing it. Failing a lot. Mm. Making a lot of mistakes. You know, I feel like those who make mistakes faster become a master quicker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For real. You have to make, we've been given a negative uh, perspective of failure and mistakes. You know, um, shout out to Shonda Buchanan. This is a writer that um, I've met via online and I, I just follow her because she gives a lot of writing tips. But she said, uh, Mistakes and failures are lessons turned inside out, Mm. you know, and it was just I I just commented bars because, yeah, that's what it is. It's lessons turned inside out and it's coded in a way that we've been trained to say, oh, man, I failed. And it's like, guess what? If you fail five times, you probably will never fail again because you've known every angle of how it doesn't work. And now you've mastered how to actually do it. You know, and that's the thing, too. We have to stop looking at failure or not being successful in that moment as the end all be all. That's just the beginning. You got to get back up and keep pushing. What do you think is the biggest obstacle or the biggest barrier that causes us to not look beyond the failure or not even want to take that chance? I think two things. Definitely fear, mm-hmm. fear of not knowing what's going to happen, right? They say, oh, we fear the unknown. So because you can't, if someone was to tell us every time, yo, if you try this, it's definitely going to happen. We would do it every time. If we knew and it was a confirmation, yo, if you try that, yeah, you'll make a million dollars, bro. You'll do it and right. you'll push your hardest. But the fact that there's a risk, that's one thing. And I think also... um. We talk ourselves out of things a lot. Mm. We don't, we talk ourselves out of things. We let other people talk us out of our ideas. But more than anything else, um, we basically, I lost train of thought, but it was, we we talk ourselves out of things, but we, it'll come back to me because it, it's, it's something that I talk about a lot and I just lost train of thought. Wow. 
It's cool. You'll you'll come back to it. No worries, man. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think but you. But that that's it. I mean, that's a big part of it. It's definitely that fear. Yeah. It's definitely that fear. Got it. Got it. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about um some of the features, but notably, really, because there's not much features on the album, but um, notably. Elo Kush, which is a brother that you have been rocking with for some time now. Um, and it's so funny because I was supposed to ask him about you. I wanted to ask him this question about you in the interview I did with him recently, but I didn't get a chance to. Uh, so I guess I'll ask you, um, how far back does your relationship go with him? And how have y'all been able to maintain that love and respect for each other till this day? So it's like a two-part question. Yeah, no, nah, that's dope, man. Um the relationship goes back to shoot 1995 or six. And the funny thing is, uh, Elo Kush is a part of a crew called Angels Inc., Angels INC, out of Jersey. And we met, Science of Life met Angels INC battling at a flea market in New Jersey, <laughs> like circa 95, you know? Oh. And then I feel like we we had so many similarities as it related to um of course music taste and vibe but also books we were reading spiritual science you know um we were all connected to the five percent nation we were all connected to reading about noble drew ali and reading about uh Nuwapu and dr malachi's york books and so it was that that was the glue and the connector that had us just automatically say, oh, wow, same tribe, that's what's up. But I think for Elo, you know, I met Elo, he was, shoot, at the time, Elo might've been 16, 17 years old. Wow. And he recently became a father, you know, and was it was amazing because, I'm, you know, he's younger than I am and I'm seeing this guy He's a new dad, he's young, he has his own place, he's working. He, it was like, yo, who are you, bro? Like, you know, we used to literally break bread at his crib on Sundays, get up, drink wine, read some books, build, kick it about the music. And it was just more, I think that tone was set through our information and spiritual connections, but then it also became more like family because it wasn't just all about we in the studio just making a song. It's like, nah, we at Kush House drinking wine, reading, building, and breaking bread. You know what I'm saying? So I think that really set a tone. And we were always impressed by how young this guy was and just where he was at that age. You know, mm. we called back then he wasn't Elo, he was young Kush. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it definitely goes back and salute to the entire Angels fan, Jada Giff. Glorious, uh, Lord's son, and yeah, the rest of the crew for sure. Dope, man. And, you know, I, I I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, almost every album that you do or album that he does, you you're on it, you or vice versa, right? Yeah, so yeah, I I, I th it's it's really dope to see those kind of relationships still stand. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and still, you know, represent strong at this stage in the game, man. So um, thanks for Yeah, man, for it, was, it was a thing where I saw, I can't remember exactly how many years ago this was, but as much as we've known each other for this 
that amount of time, mm-hmm. there was a, actually there was two things, man. Um, I remember this is several years ago, him coming to me and, you know, he was just like, yo, bro, I need you to, you know, help do this and push this and that. And I was kind of reluctant more in the mindset of, bro, like I, I ain't barely did nothing yet. And, you know, kind of like negative self-talk in myself mm. and like dumbing it down. And he paused and stopped for a second. and was like, nah, gee, you tripping. Like, okay. You know, and he jokingly said, all right, if you get me to a third of where you at, then we good. So you ain't got that much work to do. And, you know, he jokingly said it, but it put him in perspective of like, nah, bro, you're tripping. You need to like um, embrace your accomplishments and things that have went on. But more so, yo, he gave me that um, perspective of, yo, this is your comrade from the outside looking in saying, yo, I'm here right beside you. But no, man, you're, you're doing great. Let's keep this same energy and push forward and I'm here to help and assist any way I can, you know? And when I saw just his dedication, it inspired me to just connect more. Wow. Bring, yo, Kush, I got a show, come through. Get on stage, do a joint or something. Da 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 yo, let's do the joints we collabed on. I'll bring you up and introduce you so people start to make that connection. And it was very intentional, even with the recordings, et cetera. But I think what inspired me to continue to level it up was anytime I would share any sort of business idea or entrepreneurial thought, Mm. Kush would take it, run with it, and it'd be up and running like anything. (laughs) Yo, you know, this how, and we would start to, even to this day, we build like that regularly, kind of tossed in ideas. And if I say something that he really resonates with, he go do it and boom, and set it off, be like, yo, or, you know, I'll say, yeah, we need to perform in such and such. You'd be like, yo, I talked to such and such promoter in Arizona. I'm like, yo, bro, I was just I was just saying it, but he'll just, boom, set it off. And I, I love that type of energy because sometimes you need that, right? You need someone to be the make it happen person and just kind of keep you on your square of saying, oh, wow, I was just kind of saying that. But since you set it off, let's go. You know, so I love that about Elo. He's very determined and, you know, as you see, he's pushing through. And I think one of the biggest things I shared with him and I saw him manifest it was the home recording, setting yourself up. I said, yo, bro, you're killing it right now, but you'll be a thousand times more productive if you learn to record yourself on a quality level right in your home studio and start building yourself up. Start it small, you know, you're gonna mess up. It ain't gonna sound good in the beginning, but keep going and you'll get it right. And now, shoot, you ready to collab with Elo Kush? He's ready, you know, straight up, he's ready. So it was beautiful to see that. And then he's passing it on to younger family members and just other comrades, that same energy, like, yo, nah, get yourself self-sufficient, get up and running and get this recording going. Dope, dope. So um, I want to also speak about another artist that you've collaborated with frequently um, and you actually put out an album with her last year, That Magic. Um, no doubt. Tiffany Page. Um, talk to me about, you know, and I'm shifting gears a little bit. We'll get back to the project, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about her as well. Um, tell me a little bit about, I guess for people that may not know who she is, like, 
what makes her special as an artist and why people need to check for her talent in terms of what she has to offer? Yo, Tiff, what makes her special, you know, I'm going to give her flowers. I'm going (laughs) to give her flowers, man. What makes Tiff special is multiple things. The, The main thing is Tiff is a techie. Right, so she's super self-sufficient. You send her that idea, that beat, hum the chorus or whatever. She's so open creatively, and she'll get that work back quick. Like you know, recorded sound. There's been times I can't even front. There's been times that we don't even need the stems. Yo, you mixed it and got your vocal sounding so right. We're gonna take that EQ that part as a stack and put it right into the mix because that's, I love her ear. She really has an ear. She really knows how she wants her vocals panned. She does that ahead of time. And she's very just on it as it comes to just collaborating and engineering her own stuff. And that's very rare that you could just send someone boom and they get it done, especially uh, on the vocal singers. I don't know a lot of singers Especially when I met Tiff, it was 2005, wow. you know? So she was on it since then. We met in the MySpace era, on MySpace. Wow. <laughs> Push play on one of the joints, probably her first joint ever. I'm like, damn, she got some vocals. This is dope. And the first track that we actually did together is called, uh, what's the deal? What's the deal with you or something? I can't remember what it's called. Ah, it'll come back to me, but Fly Low actually did the beat. Wow. Dope. And um, yeah, it's it's floating around. It never officially came out, but it was like a mixtape joint from way back then. But uh, that's one thing. Another thing is we have a great writing chemistry. You know, there's been times where Tiff has an idea, title-wise, vibe-wise, etc. I write to it, send it back. She's like, oh, I got a verse, I got a chorus. Or there's been times, yo, here's the track. I'm a hum as Tiff. Tiff's gonna hum what she hears melodically. I'm gonna say, oh, that's dope. Pen the hook, pen a little bridge, send it back. Oh, she penned her verse. I wrote a verse and boom, the song comes together. And I think we've known each other for so long that uh, we really developed this chemistry. That's what that magic is. Yeah. It's like, yo, send us a track, give us a day. We're gonna have something. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's yeah. just this dope back and forth, but then also just her, the way that she's able to mesh well with MCs. Right. She's worked with a lot of MCs, you know? It's not just me. She's worked with Shabam Sadiq, you know what I'm saying? She's worked with Talib. She's worked with D.B. Elias Christ. She's worked with Zoe. She's worked with, uh, I want to say she's my, I can't remember if she worked with Fonte back in the day, but I know they were connected on some things back then. Um, I definitely remember her introducing Zoe Infante. She was that bridge, wow. you know, but just been in the mix and got hundreds and hundreds of collaborations. But now I feel like it's, it's a dope time to see her just show what she does, you know? So we're even collaborating as it relates to uh, the label Beat Vision and a lot of her releases, just connecting on that level to push her music to the world. So that magic was really me dragging Tiff back in and saying, mm. yo, what if I got on every song with you? Would you do it? And it was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And That's then shout up. out to Sincere, who produced all those beats that I felt 
really spoke to Tiffany. She yeah. had the beats for a while and I didn't pressure her because I knew when I heard the music, I'm like, oh, she'll sound dope on all of these. All right, of right, them. right. Like, literally sent her then all the beats that's on the album, most of them. Mm -hmm. And she sat on them for a minute. And I think one day she turned them on and called me like, yo, I got some joints. This is crazy. Yo, why didn't you tell? I said, I did tell you. I just needed you to just, you know, right. kind of bake them. It's a slow bake. But once she got on it, yo, these joints just spilled out. So that magic was definitely um, a recipe of just that chemistry I talk about. Mm. You know, as you talk about her being featured on a lot of different MCs music, um, I, I also want to start by saying like, she's dope as a solo artist as well. Cause I've heard some of her solo, just her no singing. Doubt. Um, but it, but I think it's something special when you can be a singer that is able to compliment MCs. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's not yeah. something that's not us. You know, that's not something that is in any way. How you say it? it's like, I, I'm looking for the right word. Like, it, I don't see that as a bad thing ever. You know what I mean? Like, that's this. Yeah. It's something special to get on a track. And w even if it's just you doing the hook, like, not every mm -hmm. vocalist is able to do that. You know what I mean? So, exactly. And I want to say, like, I think the, the album that really, really, really sh stood out for me um, with you, again, is the... Um, is the uh, Youth Culture Power project where like almost every track that she was featured on, like mm -hmm. I know it's a John Robinson and Jay Rawls project, but I would add just in my own humble perspective that that's a no John doubt. Robinson, Jay Rawls and Tiffany Page project no doubt. because yeah. her vocals really help to make that album live in even a more special way from my humble perspective. Oh and no, you're right on she, point. She you're definitely right brings that energy and that just that vocal presence to to a lot of the music that she touches. So big ups to you, Tiffany Page. Big um, ups. I definitely no, you, and to I'll, ask about I'll that. say this, Krill. A lot of what she did was after the songs were created. Mm. So imagine we had these songs and we're like Yo, it needs something else. And I think the first one she got on was um, We Ain't Failing. And it was just like, whoa, like it just put the icing yeah. over it. And it, oh, it, yeah. imagine, it allowed us to imagine like, okay, no. And we joke all the time, but we're dead serious when we say JR, meaning John Robinson, J. Rose, J. Rose, John Robinson. Tiff Page is the third member of that group, whether right. she likes it or not. Because even on the first album, the joints we got together just it sounds like we're a group, you know? Right. And I agree with you. I really, and I tell her this, she really um, brought the soul to YCP. Yes. You know, she brought the heartbeat and the soul to YCP. And what I love about what she added was she, she allowed us to make it more universal message wise. So guess what? If you're an educator or someone in that space who's not necessarily a hip hop head, you hear those vocals and that's, wow. you know, and it's, it just kind of smooths it out for you in a way where it's like, oh, I get it. I could hear that. Definitely. And yeah, she definitely blessed us on that without definitely. a doubt. Definitely, man. You know, it's interesting you spoke about Beat Vision um, as a label. And I have to be honest, and this could just be a slight in terms of my 
ability to see this. Um, mm-hmm. Up until today, I never really knew what Beat Vision actually stood for. You know what I mean? Like, I can yep. say, I can make the case that maybe in the back of my head, I, I maybe I saw it as a label at some point. But mm-hmm. um, I just can't remember, like, like, I always saw the name, but I mm-hmm. never knew if it was just a label or if it was, like, a media movement or whatever. Like, can you break down what Beat Vision actually is, like, the full spectrum of it? Definitely. So Beat Vision started as, it really started as a production company uh, with myself, ID4 Wins, Locksmith, uh, my man K-Double, um, and a, a couple other heads, right? And it started as this production company. This is back when, uh, what's the name of the Philly crew that was Beat Society was popping, right? Right, right. And we started to see this emergence of just like interesting ways of uh, networking in the space and really putting producers in the forefront. And we wanted to create this hub that it was just easy to connect with us on a production tip and collab and do different things. And things shifted at that point. And I started to do a lot more traveling, you know, just different business and, you know, didn't really have that side of my business life set up, have the LLC, have an official registered company. And it then changed into, oh, when I'm touring and I'm paying for all these different flights and different things, yo, I could write this stuff off as business expenses. You know what? Beat Vision LLC, Beat Vision Music LLC, and it's a media company, like you're saying, but it's also related to my touring career. I'm getting paid for these festival shows. How do I, you know what I'm saying? Put that through and pay taxes on it and make sure that I'm good. Mm -hmm. And that's really, that was the beginnings of my education on, I guess the the perks Mm -hmm. of having a registered business and doing all these different things, investing in yourself and being able to write some of that stuff off and get it back. And after so many years of doing that, but then also putting that label on different releases, et cetera, because I was behind the scenes doing right, a right. lot of the work, doing a lot of the correspondence with the artists and the artwork and setting up the artwork in, in design. You know, so it was like, nah, Beat Vision, boom, put that stamp on there too. And then it wasn't until I would say the last couple years that I said, you know what? I'm going to put this publicly as the front facing label that it should have been a long time ago Mm. because a lot of, even when I'm connecting with another company, especially now I've learned so much that I'm putting out ideas on the tape. Every time we speak, I'm yo, what what do you think about this marketing approach? What do you think if we roll it out like this and do that on this date because on this and this, and just always having that hat on, it just made me say, you know what? Let's keep this in house and build that up while leveraging and networking how we normally do as well. And that's where we are currently. So Beat Vision, yes, it is a label, but it's not a label in a sense of, we're locking these artists down. It's a label in a sense of let's partner, let's Mm -hmm. use each other's power to leverage and build and grow because we really are each other's power. So what you'll see more too is a lot more collaborations, a lot more, just mm. connecting and you know 
connecting with artists on one-offs and things that you might not have heard that catch our ear and we want to curate and put into the world. So thanks for asking that. No, thanks for explaining it. I, it, it blows my mind that I, you know, like I said, I, I didn't know what it actually represented after, after, after knowing you for so long, you know what I mean? And yeah. following you so long, I, ne I never got a chance to really explore that, you know? So thank you for breaking it down. Um, no getting back to the King JR album with blue. Um, there's a song on there called dreamer, um, mm -hmm. where you, you, your verse talks about the legacy of the great musician, Sam cook. Yeah. What what inspired you to highlight the legendary Sam Cooke on a song titled The Dreamer? Yeah, it, you know, that that's a great question too, Krill. Um, it was while I was visiting LA that I was listening to beats. I was actually, I left the studio with Blue because when I said Camp Front wasn't in the lab, we did this Dropbox. We really did, but the the addition to that is there were at least three times that we were able to link i was out in the west coast shows or whatever business and we were able to sit link whether break bread or we're in the studio and just kind of build about what we were doing and the creative process and the vibe and i'm trying to remember who i was with i want to say i don't remember who i was with definitely one of my west coast peeps we left the lab we're driving up Figueroa, right? And we're in LA in South Central. And whoever I was with was like, oh, wow, that's the hotel that Sam Cooke was killed at. Mm. And I was like, word? And just pulled in and parked in the lot. And, you know, from what I knew, just from my own personal research and, you know, um, his family actually put out a book that I read that basically was speaking in opposition of all that was told about what really happened. You know, they disbelieved any of that story. And it was one of those things where I'm sitting there and just kind of just looking around and vibing and thinking about all that I've read, all that I've heard. And it just inspired me to want to write about it. Um, and it just so happened that real talk, that beat was playing. And I thought nothing of it at the time. Like I, at the time it wasn't like, yo, I'm writing that to this beat. But it was something about later going back to the dreamer beat, it took me back there. Mm. It really did. And writing that verse, again, that was one of those channeled things. Like kind of like the Lee Morgan story. I'm like, yo, just, I'm hearing these stories. I'm watching these different video clips. I, I really like just went on this research zone and learned so much and then confirmed and reminded myself so much that, yeah, it just inspired, it was authentic, real organic inspiration. Mm, but it was mm. from that moment of seeing the place that it happened after hearing about it and, you know, reading, but to be there, yeah, it, it was definitely a magical experience, and I'm, I'm glad I got to do that. I'm glad mm. I wrote exactly. I hope that his family gets to hear that verse one day. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah, man. Um, and it's one of them verses that you kind of, like you were talking about, like how you did the album in this abstract way that you didn't want people to have to catch everything right away. It's one of them 
versus that will go over your head. You might not even realize it until you go over it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the reason why I was able to recognize is because, you know, I, I listen, you know, and I, especially when it comes to preparing for interviews and stuff, I want to know um, the body of work, right? So that I can talk, um, we can have these conversations about it. I did want to um, close in regards to this particular project. I got more questions to ask you about, um, you know, the Level Up project as well. But um, the last track uh, of the album is titled Martin and Malcolm. And mm-hmm. you did talk about it a little bit uh, earlier. Uh, but I'm just curious to know why you chose to close the album with this title. That's a great thing. Well, a great question. Um, I didn't title it. Mm. Blue did. The beat was called Martin and Malcolm when he sent it to me. And it was, it was something that I felt, I knew that I wanted to open with a certain energy that was familiar. So mm-hmm. that's why it has the intro and it goes right into medicine, you know, the, the, with the horns and just the kind of jazzy upbeat. And I knew that that would, that feel opening up would be like, oh yeah, this sounds like what JR and Blue would do dope. And I, I kind of wanted to end on that note too, you know, on purpose. But the funny thing about it is that's, that's what's interesting about I guess how the songs are ordered. When I go back to them, like I said, I let Blue put the sequence wow, together. Okay. But when I go back to them, it's like this is very close to what I would have done because those two songs, I didn't tell them that I would have put those there, but that's the reason I'm glad they are there. And I would have suggested that they be that way if, you know, if he yeah. didn't already do that. But it was definitely, um, for me, one of those things where I knew I wanted to begin on this familiar note and end on this familiar note. And those two tracks were the two, including uh, better music that I felt like when I heard those three, it was like, oh yeah, this is, I can write to these right now, boom. And it just resonated and it felt very familiar. And it was an ease that came with creating that. So I would say that was one, but then again, Martin and Malcolm, I wanted to, I, I painted it as this abstract version of describing balance and balance in my life, as I described before, where it's like, I'm not separating any of it. The education, the hip hop MC, the production, the uh, share and empowerment, and you know, every facet of it is connected in this balanced way that I want to continue to add on, plant seeds, empower, grow, learn, etc. That's what's up, man. So that I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's that's. That, I didn't even think about that. That blue would could potentially have been the one that sequenced the, um, you know, yeah. the track. But that's dope. That's dope. That's dope to know that he did that. Um. So thank you for you know talking to us about this, uh, King Jr. project. Uh, as I said, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk to you about the Level Up EP that you put out late last year. So if you got a little bit more time, I do want to, you know, talk to you a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, let's do it, that. man. Let's give let's give them the exclusive. This is the Patreon exclusive right here. Let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's, um, let's, let's talk about that. Um, uh, so this is, so the project is entitled um, Level Up. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, we'll actually put this one out. I ain't, I ain't going to leave. I'm going I'm to put the fans out so they can get this one. You know, anyone to get this. So this won't be the Patreon. But um, but let's just let's go with it. Um, So it's title level up. What does it mean to level up? How do you define that, that, that term? Yeah. Again, it goes back to mindset first, right? Because without changing your mind about something, you won't stay on it. You won't mm-hmm. be consistent you'll wind up reverting back to that same space or place. So the level up was more about, yo, change your mind about the things that you're not seeing happen that you want to happen. You know, are you focusing more on the things that you want to see happen? Are you waking up every day and simply just even in your head saying, give thanks Mm. for real every day. I do that every morning. Literally, I can I can't even remember how long I've been doing that. I don't open my eyes and get out of bed before hearing myself in my head say gratitude or nice. give thanks. A lot of times I say gratitude is the attitude, you know. Um, but it's really it's really connected to mindset, and it really was inspired by this past year and a half, right? Mm. It was so many people that were just pumped with fear and uncertainty and you know oh my god the we got to pivot we got to do this you know and it was just all of this media fear that's been channeled through people and a lot of uh shoot family close friends peeps i saw even through all of this uh madness they were leveling up. Mm. Yo, I just bought a house and now, and now I'm in the real estate game and I'm a landlord. And I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. Yo, I just moved here and I started this organization and I'm doing this online now. Yo, I just started this new business and yeah, this, that, and that. yo, I just went back to school online. And, and it was just this whole energy of like, yo, man, folks need to really look around. Like people are leveling up and people are thinking differently as it relates to entrepreneurialism, as it relates to finances and investing, you know, think about for real, like during this past year and a half, come on, you know, the black financial sector as it exists online is popping right now. Yeah. Like on so many, shout out to the Come Up series, shout out to Earn Your Leisure right. and so many other brothers and sisters who are just sharing value, giving you free game on how to get your stuff together, whether it relates to real estate, how to buy a house, et cetera. So it was all this energy connected into this mindset of level up. But you know what it also was, Krill? It was me saying, oh, where y'all think I just can't like come with a joint and rhyme on like some rugged beats too and mix it up with what you're used to hearing and then get some dope raw MCs to rock with too. Right. And still like just bring you this classic, uh, classic-minded offering of saying, yo, I want to collab in this way that felt like how we used to do, you know? And that's what that record was, where it was like, I want to collab with people I never did songs with. Napoleon the Legend, at the time, we haven't collabed. Right. You know, my man Edson Sean and Big Tone, we haven't collabed. Right, right. You know, um, my man Blackberry Jones, we haven't collabed on it. So it was literally like picking these collabs yeah. purposely on some, yo, we never did that. 
and y'all gonna be a part of this level up with me that's dope on the on the self-titled track you know level up you um you have a line where you say you must control your destiny to navigate these times 80 percent business 20 percent rhymes can you yeah. expound a little on what 80 percent of the business entails in 2021 as an artist or a creative mm-hmm. yeah man i mean just think about it you can't just rap anymore you can't just make a beat anymore because guess what if you rap sing or make a beat you still gotta create content or find a way how to you still have to create value and find a way to connect with your audience and engage with this social media era has you know made it easier accessible but it gave us more responsibility mm. it gave us more of a job there's more work entailed like a lot of times if you're independent and you're doing this you got to come up with the marketing plan you have to drive the car and how these things rolled out especially if you're not working with a company etc but even if you are it's like it's in your best interest to know how the machine is run. You know, we're not in a time where it's smart to sit back and just let, you know, the label or whoever else do it because these things don't last forever. Mm. And the moment they stop, if you don't know how to drive the car, then guess what? The whole vehicle stops and everything's stagnant. But if you spend your time to actually understand, oh, this is me as the brand i am my own label and brand things change considerably right and it's saying yo you're the business treat yourself as such move accordingly you're the brand treat yourself as such move accordingly and the best thing you can do as that is empower yourself invest in yourself how do you invest in yourself with information Real talk, gain from the more information you have, you can find your pathways to the money and the opportunities and the resources. You need the information. So don't be afraid to like study the game, be a student of the game and not just the music and the entertaining and creative part, but the biz part too, the other side of it. Your music's on streaming platforms. Do you know how it works? Mm. You should. Oh, do you know, like right now, do you know how to, set up your merch and do the whole drop shipping thing right. or do you have space to get the screen printing popping off right in the crib or the heat press or right, right. you know how do you enterprise off of what you're doing to create more pathways yeah you know so it's it's a lot more biz than it is rhyme so i'm basically telling people yes it is fun and yes it's dope to create in the studio but guess what there's a whole nother side of it that supersedes and trumps the amount of work that's put in, mm. you know, because it's just like, yeah, you got to just carry a lot. You really do. Definitely. Now, the final track on the project is called Never Be The Same is likely my favorite track on the Level Up EP. Um, how has the vast change we've experienced since the pandemic impacted your direction as a businessman like what are some things you specifically had to adapt to to ensure that you could continue to be successful today um the main thing is not putting anything in a box and mm. being open and being um aware of the fact that things will never be the same but it's not a bad thing 
that's the thing. If you, you're listening to the song, I'm I'm really speaking of the positive sides of yeah. never be the same. But it has this kind of daunting. It's the energy, yeah. The, the sound has a, like it's a almost somber... like the end of the world. But it's it's really yeah. It is saying the end of the old world into the new. Never be the same because yo, the only thing constant is change. We can't stay the same. We gotta evolve. We gotta change. But again, I'm speaking on exactly what I was saying. Um, more black founders, enterprising by the thousands, you know, and it's 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 basically the mindset of saying, why do we keep saying 40 years later, oh, black people don't stick together. We don't support each other. Of course we stick together. Of course we support each other. You know what I'm saying? Of course we're building and we're evolving regularly. Of course it's been an elevation from 40 years to where we are as a people, not just here in America, around the world. And the reality too is just, we have to shine on our wins. Mm. We got to focus and point and shine a light on our wins more. I think overall, we've been so used to shining light on what doesn't work, what hasn't happened, all the negative things. And we're the only people I feel like who we got to basically bask in our pain and celebrate our pain regularly over and over. No one else does that. You know, there's a time and space for it, but we got to do it all the time, just bask in our pain. So never be the same was purposely meant to have that certain vibe of end of the world, you know, kind of daunting vibe. But the message is more like, nah, never be the same. We going up. Mm. We ain't, yeah, that old stuff was cool. But now nah, it's time to innovate this whole scenario and change our minds and become better. Dope, man. Dope, yeah, man. I, I, and I get that. I get the vision, man. I, I I like how consistently in your music, it's sort of like a optimistic message or a message of elevation. And I think it's so important for hip hop to continue to hear that kind of substance, you know, in the music, man. So yeah, man. I want to definitely, again, give you, you know, I want to give you your flowers for what you continue to do, man, and what you stand for um, as, as, a, as, a, as a black man that is doing hip-hop in, in, in such a, um, you know, a, a responsible way. So um, big ups to you, man. It has been a pleasure building with you. Yeah, um, man, always. Yeah, man, before we get out of here, man, do you want to tell people what else might be in store before the year's up? I know you always got little things under your sleeve or you might have something else no you're doubt. working on. Or even if it's just no continuing to promote this project with Blue, like what uh, what should people know? Yeah, um, you know what? There's um, There's actually a song that I didn't include on the uh, album. Nice. For a couple of reasons. It's called Dear John. It's a quick, short joint. But um, yeah, I don't even want to say why I didn't include it, but it is on the tape. So we do have a limited edition run of a cassette. And I included that song on the cassette. But look forward to more visuals from this project, um, definitely. And then also outside of that, look forward to um, some Science of Life music with Elo Kush. We got that in the chamber. Okay. And then also um, I've been like making a lot of beats for self, for other people. So I'm, I'm slow baking 
a couple projects. One project that I'll say will come out this year on top of the science and ELO music is um been working with a lot of musicians, like live musicians. So I'll create these beat ideas. I may sample something, send it to piano player. Yo, replay this and imagine and put your touch on it. Boom, blend that with the sample. Yo, replay this bass line to the bass player. He replays it, boom, and just kind of collaborating in these uh, ways of creating loops and sounds, sending it to some of my musician network for them to flesh it out and just really create this musical experience of just like something you could vibe and listen to and really think to. And um, lastly, I'll say definitely expect, um, I've created a, a, a lane of really learning how to write more as it relates to books. So mm -hmm. expect more ebooks, audio books of different Go. sorts of things. You know, something I'm working on sharing is what I call, uh, it's not the title of anything, but the way I describe it is uh, wellness for creatives, mindfulness for creatives, like how to, for real, tap into your zone creatively, but how to stay in that zone and go back there and how to train yourself to basically have almost like this psychic self-defense to keep you in this creative mode. Because as creatives, yeah, sometimes you feel like the well's running dry or you're uninspired or you know, you're not feeling you're like your best self, but you gotta perform or you gotta push through. How do mm. I tap in? So I'm gonna share a lot of uh, insight on just how I've done it for myself to keep things going and keep things moving. But sky's the limit, man. And I I'm open to create. I love when people hit me up with dope ideas and things. So that's really where I'm at now, Krill. Just like building, building with people that, I feel the uh, same tribe and have these dope, cool ideas that I resonate with as well. Dope, man. Dope, man. I mean, yeah, man. Books. Like, see, that doesn't surprise me. Like, I, 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 could, I could just, like, I expected that that probably would be the next direction for you. Yeah, but, man. Um, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to hear, you know, when, when those um, literary works come out, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. and I, I'll share this too, man. Um, that's why I asked you the question earlier off off air. Yeah. But uh shout out to the Roadcaster Pro. The Roadcaster Pro is the way that I write books. Wow. Because I'm an orator, I speak them first and transcribe. Yeah, yeah. Just because it it comes out better. So yeah. a lot of times I'm pushing record. Yo, this chapter's about and psh, Right, right, right. Speak with all and then go back, edit, just transcribe, etc. The yeah. technology has afforded us now the ability to just have it transcribe the the audio into text. Exactly. <laughs> so that's dope, exactly. man. Exactly. Word, man. So, man, thank you again, Jr. I appreciate you for rocking with us. I know we did almost two hours with this interview, but um, again, I appreciate you for taking the time. For all of our exactly. viewers and listeners, make sure. Y'all go to our website again, outtheboxmedia.com, to keep acquainted with all the stuff that we do, all the interviews we do. And we're going to keep it going as the year continues out. Um, JR, you got any websites you want to tell people to go to? Yeah, no doubt, man. Hit up, hit me up, johnrobinsonmusic.com. 
Okay. You can find everything there, the music, the merch, uh, the videos, and really connect with me there directly. So definitely johnrobinsonmusic.com. If you're on IG, hit me up that same handle, at johnrobinsonmusic. And outside of that, yo, like I said, to my creators, my native creators, man, keep focus, keep pushing through. But more than ever, keep studying the game, keep studying the field, like stay hungry, stay, stay a life learner, stay aware, because there's always something changing and rearranging and we got to constantly update the formula and stay on it. So salute. Definitely, man. Again, man, thank you so much again. Don't go nowhere. Stay backstage for a little bit, bro, if you can. Um, but again, to all of our listeners, man, make sure y'all continue to check for us on our different platforms. Remember, we're on YouTube. I didn't get a chance to say it earlier, but go to our YouTube channel, Out The Box TV, and become a subscriber if you haven't yet. Hit that notification bell so we can uh, you can be you know updated once a new episode comes out. We put out a new episode every Friday. And um, and it's always going to be with an artist that we feel represents quality, creativity, and just overall talent as an artist. So, um, yeah, man. Again, thank you, JR. And until our next show, I just want to say peace, love, and light. Stay focused. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We out of here. Peace. Peace.